want the patients to come into the room and be educated about their disease so that the doctors can communicate with them on a different level and they leave the room. You know, everybody leaves the room feeling better about what just happened. When saving lives is what you do, your standards are anything but standard. In fact, you set them higher than most to deliver results that patients can depend on. You refuse to compromise. We couldn't agree more. We are Edwards Life Sciences, and like you, we believe that good is never good enough. Rising to the challenge of today's TAVR patients isn't just a mission, it's a commitment. And because you set a higher standard, we set our sights on meeting you there. Welcome to the higher standard, your standard. Learn more at edwardstaver.com. You're listening to Parallax from Radcliffe Cardiology in association with makeadent.org. Here is your host, Ankur Kalra, MD. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Parallax. Um, it still is the heart month, February. And, um, you know, I think today's episode is, is going to be a special one. Um, we've, in the, in the past, in season three, we introduced the concept of patient episodes and um, I just wanted to build up on that platform that, you know, our patients have allowed us the privilege to to build, uh, to sort of be their voices as well as the voices of our own, you know, cardiologists and colleagues. I think voices from patients are equally important, if not more important. Um, uh, one would argue they're more important because, you know, we are because patients are. Um, so with that introduction, my guest Today is Joe Valenti. Um, now, I was just talking off the line with Joe, how him and I met. It, it's through Twitter, so we have not met in real life. Um, we've only introduced um, each other on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I, was, I was enamored and, and attracted to his resume because on his Twitter header, it says that he's a board-certified patient advocate, and, and that's something which is new to me. Uh, so Joe Valenti is is a board certified patient advocate. He is a tetralogy of fellow patient. He has been operated upon four times, and he is someone who has transformed his pain to purpose, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, and that is very respectable and and inspirational and attractive to me as a cardiologist. And as someone who does procedures and someone who's the father of um, of a child who had open heart surgery for congenital heart lesion, you know, last year. So, Joe, welcome on the show. And thank you so much for doing this for us. Well, thanks for having me, Anchor. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the introduction. Um, so, Joe, uh, I think before we begin, uh, I think for the listenership, uh, the vast majority of which are cardiologists and fellows in training and early career, mid-career cardiologists. Can you, can you tell us more about board certification and patient advocacy? Because that's, I think that's the first time I came across someone who has a board certification in patient advocacy. And I think more and more it's becoming an extremely important topic in, you know, our conversations with our patients. And we truly value individuals like yourself for patient advocates. 
Yeah, so I was actually in the first cohort to become board certified in patient advocacy in the country, um, which was in 2018. So it's a new board certification. Um, that's why you probably haven't seen it uh, so much. And so it's uh, the board certification entails um, testing and demonstrating your knowledge in medical ethics, in uh, culturally and linguistically appropriate services, in medical knowledge, um, in things that you would be involved in in advocacy like Medicare, Medicaid, um, and uh, other other areas of uh, advocacy work. So it involves testing, it, it involves, um, you know, continuing ed, just like you would with any sort of board certification. So um, when I when I set out on this path, I started helping patients um, in 2016. It was, you know, how do I how do I show my credentials to anyone? There was no way to do it. And I think for a lot of advocates, it was, you know, it's the same way. And so this board certification is a great way for us to say, hey, we have the knowledge, we have the experience, and here we are to help you. And so the the patient advocates can either be institutional patient advocates working, you know, for a hospital, or they can be independent independent patient advocates who you know work uh, work on their own, like I do. Um, I have a nonprofit uh, called Team Uncle Joe, and we work one on one with patients, uh, both children and adults who have congenital heart disease, and we help them navigate the healthcare system and equip them with the tools and resources they need to thrive with congenital heart disease. Well, you know, that's excellent. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your, you know, your nonprofit. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, other patient advocates who are listening to this episode, um, and I, I hope that they, they will and, and the, the more will share, because, um, you know, we've had extremely passionate and involved and educated and learned patients on the show, you know, I'm going to name one of them, Lindsay Davis, um, who was on Parallax last year. Um, she has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Now she also has a law attributed to her name and has been a fierce patient advocate, has been working with, you know, the American Heart Association. Hopefully soon is going to work with the World Heart Federation. Um, but if patients like her uh, and someone like you is listening, how do you get how do you get the materials to you know master for for this board certification first of all i mean if you can walk us through the process you know even for cardiologists who are listening who have involved patients and you know who are interested in becoming board certified patient advocates um how how do we educate our involved patients about seeking the certification out like is there an online forum are, are there deadlines application deadlines yeah so I think the first thing is to to understand that there's two different types of patient advocates. There's legislative types of patient advocates that would go out and, and advocate for, you know, changes to legislation and that kind of stuff. And then there's patient advocates that are more like a patient navigator that help that help other patients. Well, if you're a patient, you help other patients that need help navigating the healthcare system. And so board certified patient advocate is that type of patient advocate. 
So I think that's the first key takeaway. So the patients that are listening, that's that's the type of patient board certified patient advocate that we're talking about. Um, second, if you go to uh, the Patient Advocate Certification Board, PACBoard.org, there is a list of materials, study materials, and dead and deadlines for the this uh, board certification test. They offer the test twice a year. It's in March and in, I believe, September. Um, it's twice a year. And there's materials there to study from and other resources and links out to um, other classes and other uh, materials that you can follow along with. Um, there's also their guidelines for the ethics of, of what a board certified patient advocate's allowed to do and not allowed to do. You know, you're not allowed to give medical advice and things like that. So it's very, you know, uh, laid out in very clear terms. So they have all that on that website. Um, that's the first place to start if you're looking to become a board certified patient advocate. Well, excellent. Um, all right. So moving on, tell us about, um, tell us about the trilogy of follow from, from your, your perspective as a patient. I mean, you've had four open heart surgeries. So um, for the adult congenital heart disease cardiologists or cardiologists or fellows in training or patients listening, what has been your, um, I'm going to break this into, into two parts, you know, one, uh, the most educational experience and two, the most empowering experience. So if you want to answer those questions for us. Uh, I think the most educational experience has been learning how to communicate with other, with doctors and providers. Um, you know, this is a congenital heart disease is a lifelong disease, you know, and we're learning more and more about that. We used to think that, oh, you're fixed in childhood and you could, you could go on your way and, and never be fixed. And especially with tetralogy, we thought, you know, we, put in your transannular patch and, you know, you had free PI and you could live the rest of your life and be okay. And now we're learning that's not the way it is. We need to fix your pulmonary, replace your pulmonary valve in adulthood and you need to be followed. And, you know, there's other, um, there's other side effects that are coming up in adulthood that we'd had no idea about, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And so it's a lifelong disease. And so we're constantly in communication with our doctors. And the biggest learning experience for me has been how to communicate with my doctors and not only doctors, but other providers. Um, and learning that communication has enabled me to become a patient advocate and help other people communicate with their doctors. Um, and so to me, it's about not only getting the most out of being in the room with your doctor. You only have so much time. The doctor only has so much time. How can, how can we have uh, the most efficient time in the room together? How do we ask the best questions? How do we get the best answers? How do we understand the answers? So um, that comes down to things like being educated about your disease, you know, trying to understand what's going on and, and come equipped with, uh, with the right questions before you even walk in the room. 
And, you know, to answer the second part of the question about what has been the most empowering experience for you as a patient, as a patient who is as involved and as educated as you are. Yeah, I, I, I think it's that you, you learned that um, life is, you know, finite and that you, you, you learn to, that you're going to live life to do what you want to do not what anybody else wants you to do. And, and you find, you find what makes you happy and you, and you work towards that goal and you do it at any cost. And it's some days it's really hard. And, um, but, you know, having, I'm all 10 years out this next month in March from my last open heart surgery. And within this last 10 years has been when I really put myself to this patient advocacy and doing helping other patients and realizing that I had a skill set to to do that and um I took some pretty radical changes in my life to to get on that that path but I think that going through that surgery and I had a pretty hard recovery and um it it makes your mindset about life a little bit different I think than than maybe some of your peers at uh, you know at a young age. I mean, I was thirty years old. I was waking up on my thirtieth birthday in the you know in the CVICU, the pediatric CVICU. I was walking down the aisle, uh, you know, after my surgery with a six year old by my side who had just got out of open heart surgery too, and you know that really uh, sets you sets your perspective on life at a little different pace. So. I would say that um, you know, just having that having that different perspective on life, and being able to uh, to take that every day with you and do do what you love. Yeah, and no, I think that I'm sure that's going to resonate with um, you know patients, physicians, cardiologists, people alike. Uh, that's that's a very very important message, very empowering message, very heartfelt message, um, and I. And you put it um, so eloquently that um, you know I, I just want I, I just feel inspired listening to you and you know thank you for um, like I said you know earlier in the show transforming your your pain into purpose I think that's that's the highest calling for any one of us quite frankly and um, I really congratulate you for uh, taking the path that is meaningful to you that you know gives you purpose that actually um you know and encompasses your experiences in childhood early adulthood um and sort of has become the beacon for transforming lives for other patients who are um dealing with similar scenario as as you have in the past and you know congratulations by the way for being um you know a decade free from uh, from surgeries uh for for tetralogy of fellow that's that's incredible um so, Joe, um, why don't we um, get to talking about a little bit about um, your nonprofit, which is, you know, teamuncojoe.org. Um, and, you know, wh- when did you decide that you want to form, uh, I'm, I'm assuming this is a 501c3. Um, so, uh, yeah, and, you know, having gone through the paperwork for mine, I know it's it's a substantial amount of commitment um, and dedication and devotion to to forming an, an organization like this. 
Um, but when when was it that you felt strongly about starting a nonprofit with a mission for helping patients with congenital heart disease? I think that's a very noble mission. And then what are some of the things that you learned along the way? And this is also for uh, for you know other patients who want to form nonprofits like yourself or physicians like myself, you know, who have formed nonprofits of their own. Um, what are some of the uh, lessons that you learned that you would like to share with with all of us? Uh, yeah, it's um, like you said, it's a uh, it's a daunting task. It takes a lot of work to to become a nonprofit to file a five hundred one c three, and um, it's a lot of work to keep it running on a day to day basis to to actually uh, you know be a nonprofit and um, go out there and get donors and to do all that stuff. Um, we we operate we provide our services to patients uh, free of charge because we believe that um, providing those services free of charge allows the patients to come to us before they're in trouble, before they need help. And so we, in order to do that, you know, we fundraise, um, we get donors to help us um, supplement our, our services. And so that we can provide those services free of charge. And so, um, it's been a, it's been a long journey to get here in 2016. I started providing, um, some patient advocacy services to patients and at that time realized that, you know, Hey, maybe this is, maybe this is a bigger calling and there has to be other patients out there that are doing the same thing that have this knowledge, you know, um, I have my first open heart surgery at 54 hours old. I've been a patient my whole life. And, you know, that's not an exaggeration. And we have all this experience. Um, how can we take it to become a professional? How can we train these people to actually be, um, you know, board certified patient advocates and become professionals in helping other patients? And so that's what we're about is taking this knowledge of, that these patients have, putting it together with their maybe professional experiences, and then taking it to the next level and being able to help patients navigate the healthcare system. And so, um, but I think that, you know, you're, you're always a little bit more ambitious about these things and how they'll come together than once they actually happen. And so once you're, once you're doing it and you're in the trenches, you realize how much work it is. So um, I think find your, my, my advice to anybody is, you know, find, find all your allies before you start um, and, and see who, see what kind of team you can amass before you get into it, because it's going to be more work than you, than you initially think. Um, it's, 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 it's definitely um, difficult to, uh, to run a nonprofit and um, any business for that matter, or, you know, venture that you're, that you're looking to take on. So um, just, you know, do it with a, with an ounce of uh, pessimism because uh, it will be, it will be, have its challenges and the more, the more people you have on your team before you start, the better off you'll be. Well, that's, that's, um, a, a great perspective on, you know, the the labor of love uh, that a nonprofit is truly is, uh, because it it can just take 
you know, hours and hours. And, you know, as long as it's, it's driven for a higher purpose than you, then, you know, you're going to enjoy the, the labor um, and the love that you put into creating the nonprofit. And then it's going to give you a lot of joy and, uh, you know, a lot of satisfaction. And I'm sure that that's the feeling that I have for my nonprofit. I'm sure, you know, these words and these feelings resonate with you as well. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a, yeah, I would, I would totally second that. It's um, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and you, you feel passionate about that. I think that's, uh, that's the key to it all. Um, so is the nonprofit for, you know, anyone and everyone with the congenital heart disease who, who finds about your nonprofit? Can they just approach you directly through your website or? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that has congenital heart disease can um, get our services. Um, like I said before, we work with uh, with kids and adults who have congenital heart disease. So we work with the families. Um and, you know, we help them. Every patient that comes and sees us, you know, has a, a different story or a different twist on the story. But we help them navigate the healthcare system. We help them understand their disease. We help them communicate with their doctor. Um, so it's it's always a little bit different um, story. Like we, our motto is elevating expectations. We try to elevate the expectations of the patients of what they expect of their doctor. We try to elevate the expectations of what the doctor expects of their patients. Um, we try to elevate the expectations of what the patients expect from the nonprofits that serve them. So, um, you know, we want, the we want the patients to come into the room and be educated about their disease so that the doctors can communicate with them on a different level and they leave the room, you know, everybody leaves the room feeling better about what just happened. Um, and so that's that's our mission. You know, well, you know, like I said before, that's that's a very noble mission. So walk me through how, uh, you know, if a patient finds out about your nonprofit, walk, walk me through the steps uh, that patients uh, usually experience once they start an interaction or interacting with, with the team at uh, teamunclejoe.org. How, how does what does the what does the typical flow patient flow looks like? So usually they get in contact with us uh, via our website. Um, they have, we have a you know contact form on there, a chat bot on there that they can contact us and give us a little bit of information. Um, and then initially I will do a, I usually do the intakes myself and I will have a phone call with them um, and figure out what their issues are, um, what they're trying to navigate. And then from there, I will kind of triage it to who's the best team member on our team to take care of that issue um, or or coordinate with the team to answer some of the questions they have um, and get that information back to them um, to continue going on. Um, and then from there, it's an open-ended open ended um you know, communication line um, is some of our, you know, for instance, one of our, one of the advocates that works for us has worked in the insurance industry and, and health insurance for the last 20 years. So any, any health insurance questions, you know, if, if that's what they're trying to navigate are going to go through her. Um, and so we kind of triage 
the questions depending on who's the best who's the best to to navigate that um if they have multiple questions then you know we we go from there and then um you know if it's communicating with your doctor um you know we'll go back and forth and sort of try to teach them how to do that we try to give them the tools to do that so it's more of a it's a long-term thing it's not just a simple answer it's a long-term thing of how are you communicating with your doctor um you know help them maybe compose an email you know they send an email is this a good is this a good email to send to your doctor let's let's restructure it and put it in this way you know to help them actually ask the questions to get the answers they're looking for and teach them those kinds of things um and maybe give them some of the information, the underlying information that they need to ask a better question. So they're not starting off at step one, they're able to ask a more refined question because we're able to give them some of the underlying information. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? You know, that are basic, basic information that we already know that we can, we can provide them, you know, and then get them to the actual question that the doctor can answer. When you are um, sort of educating patients about communication with their physicians, um, and you know, I think you mentioned that y- you are accompanying them to their patient visits also, is that right? Yes, yeah, sometimes, yeah. A lot of our services are virtual, but sometimes we do, a- we do accompany them to appointments, yes. Understood. Um, what has some of the feedback been for for the nonprofit organization in terms of how patients have felt after working with your organization? Um, you know, it's been a lot of gratitude. Um, you know, some of the patients have been some of the I, I have some families in particular that, you know, tell me that the you know, their kid, their kid may not be here if it wasn't for us helping them get to the services they needed because they didn't realize how sick their kid was or something like that. And, you know, those are, those are the, uh, the cases that I take away that really keep me going because it's, um, you know, congenital heart care is really specified and it's, it's such a unique practice that, uh, there's not, there's not services everywhere in the country. And, um, you know, it's hard to get to care sometimes and getting somebody to the right care in the right place at the right time is, is sometimes what we do, you know, and, and helping somebody do that is, is really rewarding. And so when we're able to do that and get that feedback, um, that's, that's been the, uh, that's been the most rewarding and that's been, that's been phenomenal. Excellent. So, you know, Joe, for patients who are listening and also for cardiologists who may want to refer their patients to, to your nonprofit, um, you know, particularly my adult congenital heart disease fellows in training and colleagues. Um, can you um, spell out or specify, you know, your email, perhaps your email address or your website where they can reach you at, um, you know, if they need help? Sure. So it's Jovi, J-O-E-V, at teamunclejoe.org, T-E-A-M-U-N-C-L-E-J-O-E dot O-R-G. 
So that's Joe V. It's J O E V. And we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well, you know, in case, um, you know, people have issues, uh, you know, figuring out the spellings or the details, um, or they're listening while driving. You, you can just go back to the show notes, um, of the episode and, and take a look, um, at the email address. It's jovi at timankujo.org. And, um, you know, that's where, you know, Joe Valenti and his team are available, uh, to help you. Um, either you or, you know, physicians and cardiologists who are listening, their patients, you know, if they need more help from a professional nonprofit service, uh, you know, whose mission is to help take care of patients and their, and their families, um, you know, for, for those who have congenital heart disease. Um, any closing remarks, Joe, for, for us at Parallax, for, for patients who are... Uh, inflicted with congenital heart disease and, and their families, any closing remarks from you and your team? I would just tell you that, you know, congenital heart disease is, is a lifelong disease and that, um, you know, we're here to help you and um, we're, we provide one-on-one services that, um, you know, not a lot of people are providing. So as you get, you know, stuck along the way, there's always somebody here to help you. And we're, we provide our services free of charge and, you know, it's if you're if you're out there and and you feel like you need a little extra help, don't be afraid to ask because, you know, there's a lot of us out here who have walked this road before and had struggles, and um, it's okay to ask for help. And um, I'm just thankful to have the opportunity to, to share my story here today, and um, look forward to uh, building some more connections based on this. You know, you're doing incredible work, and congratulations to you and your team. Um, for uh, doing such important work and and affecting the lives of of patients and families that you've touched, um, you know, again, heartfelt congratulations from from me as well as the entire team at Parallax. All right, thanks, Anchor. I appreciate it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, produced by Radcliffe Cardiology in association with MakeADent.org. We aim to bring you a new angle of all things cardiology every second week. Review us on your favorite podcast app or send your comments or questions to podcast at ratcliffe-group.com. To view the series, head to radcliffecardiology.com forward slash podcasts forward slash parallax. Thanks for listening.